You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers as always. My name's Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and the Westside Community News. And today we're back doing player previews. If you're interested in the group of signings that Pacers made over the weekend, yesterday's podcast is the show for you. Got you covered on all the latest there and what comes next for the Pacers today. Looking ahead at the Pacers season and one of their most important players and coming into one of the biggest seasons of his entire career, Miles Turner. I cannot wait to watch Miles Turner this year because so much will be answered about Pacers bets as an organization. They've bet on him being better a lot. They have placed a high value on him in trades. They think he's very talented, and he is, but he's also been playing in awkward situations at times next to other players, has some injury concerns, and this year is kind of the prove-it moment. He is the second best player on this team going into the season. You could argue that if Halberton doesn't take a massive step forward, he's close to the best player on this team. But can he prove that over the course of the season? Can he slide into a bigger role like he wants and actually be good? I have a lot to talk about with Miles Turner because of what happened last year. And before we actually do this the way I've been doing these player previews, I would like to talk about two things with Miles Turner. One is reminding you of his comments last December, talking about with Jared Weiss and then with the rest of local media, wanting a bigger role, talking about how he's been with the Pacers in the same role for a long time. He wants a bigger role, as he called it, a promotion, and more clarity on how he's going to get his touches to be involved as a player. Soon after that, the Pacers started to say, hey, okay, you know what? We will try to get you into those situations. This is an arbitrary date, but it was about this time, January 8th against the Knicks. I think that was actually the game he's talked about it after. January 8th to the end of, or excuse me, December 8th when they played the Knicks, to the end of that December month. He averaged 16 and 7 on 53% shooting for the rest of that month. And then he got hurt and he completely got worse and only played in six more games the rest of the season, seven more games the rest of the season, right? They clearly made an effort to try to get him in that role and it was going well until he got injured. And all that to say, I think there is a chance he can be better, but he never got the chance to play without Sabonis. The other thing I would like to remind you and point out about Miles Turner before heading into the season. Yes, a lot of people have preconceived notions about Turner. He's the longest tenured pacer by a mile. The second longest tenured pacer is Goga Batadze. (laughs) Goga Batadze, who was drafted in 2019, Turner in 2015, right? He's the longest tenured pacer by a mile. But the reason I think this is important is the list of players on the Pacers roster this year Turner's never played with, despite being the longest tenured pacer, is very long. Buddy Heald, Aaron Neesmith, Tyrese Halberton, Daniel Tice, uh, t- can't talk. Benedict Matherin, Jalen Smith, Andrew Nembard, Servetus, James Johnson, and Kendall Brown. Never played with any of those guys. There's only, I believe, six guys on the Pacers roster right now. Goga, O'Shea Brissett, TJ McConnell, Duarte, Isaiah Jackson, Terry Taylor. And only a minute, a second of Terry Taylor. I don't know exactly what the timing is, but a short amount of time that he actually could overlap with him. He's barely played with Jackson and Taylor, right? So he has not played with a lot of these guys on the roster. And that's kind of the case for a lot of these guys, but he's kind of a newcomer too, fitting in because of the timing of his injury last year. So his season is going to be so fascinating for a million contextual reasons. The biggest one being he wants to prove himself as he enters an expiring contract. How I usually start these is looking at 
what Basketball Reference says a player's projected stats are going to be this year. I love that Basketball Reference does this. They sort of blend a player's age and position and how they've grown throughout their career to make a model of statistical projections for every season before a player's career. Uh, but sometimes they leave out things like role and roster changes and, and things like that, which are extremely important in the context of Miles Turner. So like Basketball Reference projects that Miles Turner will average 15.5 points per 36 minutes this season. That is below his career average, and he was above that the first three seasons of his career. In fact, the first four. Only the three seasons before this where he was he lower than that, right? Playing more with Sabonis, playing more with Brogdon, playing on teams where he was not as much involved. This year, he will probably be the second option after Tyrese Halliburton on offense, right? I imagine he will get closer to his early career usage, or even that 2018-19 season, which I consider the best of his career, when he led the league in blocks and shot 39% from deep, right? If he can get back close to that usage, even if not that efficiency, because the Pacers are going to have a tougher time giving him easy shots, but that was the highest usage, or second highest, excuse me, usage of his career, right? Can he get back to that? Can he be that player? A lot of people will say, no, we know what Miles Turner is. And I think that there's a lot of reasons to think that. <laughs> I don't think that's a bad thought at all, but I think in a new role where his usage should be higher than 20 and he should be getting a lot of opportunities to make plays happen or make actions happen with Tyrese Halberton as the screener or whatever he's doing, he will have more usage than that. And I think his scoring will definitely be above the number of basketball reference projects. The rebounding 8.2 per 36, just below his career average. That seems about right to me. Uh, if he's playing with another center and Jalen Smith who could gobble up some of those. Yeah, okay. I bet his average stays about the same. That number needs to be higher, quite frankly. That's one of his weaker skills. It always has been. He's good at boxing out. He's bad at going and getting the effing ball sometimes. And that is a, a skill he certainly has to work on. 3.3 blocks per 36. That's the other big number for Turner. To watch, his average for his career is 2.9. He certainly will be guarding centers more often now around the basket more. I totally think that's possible. You know, in the seasons that he was top five in defensive player of the year voting, 3.4 blocks per 36. The year he led the league in block percentage by a mile two years ago, 3.9 blocks per 36. They've got him at three and a half. That seems right, or a little under three and a half. That seems right to me. So I think they did a pretty good job on everything except for the points, because I think his role is going to change. But I think his shots might be a little harder. Last year, he shot 51% uh, in general which was his highest field goal percentage since his second year in the league because he got his two-point percentage up a ton. If he can keep doing well and shooting 66% inside the arc, I think he can shoot 50% again. Basketball reference is 49.4. They have his three-point percent projections at 34. He's only been over 34% three of his seven seasons in the league. That seems about right to me. You know, he's 34.9% for his career, and he'll have more difficult attempts this year. So pretty close. I think Turner has the best projections or closest to of his stats from basketball reference of any player that we've talked about so far, probably because they have the most data for him <laughs> as a seven-year veteran, one of the longest tenured Pacers, and one of the longest tenured players on this team. But I think the scoring is going to be higher. I think naturally, you know, the shots even went up in that stretch I was talking about where they were trying to get him more involved, right? He would get the first look at the basket every game <laughs> that month. You know, he ended up in that stretch at about 12 shots a game over his season average, which ended up closer to nine. So I think that that is something you will see more as Turner near to 12, 13 shots in a game this season. That scoring per minute will go up just given his role naturally. And speaking of role, that's the other thing I like to do in the first segment of these player season previews, the likely role for Turner. This one's easy. You know, for a lot of these guys, in fact, for basically every player not named Miles Turner or Tyrese Halberton, there's something dynamic about their role or something that could change it 
or, or tweak slightly what they're supposed to do. But Miles Turner, there is nothing that could change, right? Starting center. He is the starting center. He is, you know, Jalen Smith might, in theory, be a center one day. Isaiah Jackson as well. Uh, but Jalen Smith is starting at the four. Jackson still needs to add some some strength to play there all the time, right? Turner's the guy. He will be there five, 30 minutes plus a game this season. Entering the season, I pegged him at 32 minutes a game when I did rotation projections, which would be, you know, about what he was at the last season before Sabonis joined the Pacers. He was at 31.4. And then his minutes have gone down a little bit since. He's at 28.7 for his career. I think this year he'll be closer to 32 starting center all the time, playing more often. And I think he'll have strong involvement. Remember, he wanted that last year. He got a little bit of a chance. I think he'll get it this year as that screening guy who's involved as being the fulcrum a lot of the time, pick and pop threat, and just moving a little bit more, right? Not just being a little more stationary away from the play. I think he'll be involved in more actions on the ball side instead of the weak side, which means a lot in terms of involvement and decision-making. And for a guy like Turner who doesn't, hasn't always had to make decisions. Last year certainly took a step forward in that department with the 0.5 second rule, right? Making quick decisions, whether that's dribble, pass, shoot, whatever. He had that confidence. He had that green light in a way that in past seasons he's kind of struggled and bogged things down or slowed himself down, gotten in the way, whatever. I think being around the play more, being confident and knowing, hey, I'm older. I'm a leader on this team. I think that in that starting center role, he'll have more opportunities to be involved and make reads and things like that. And at times, yes, he has struggled at that, but on a younger Pacers team, great chance for him to improve in that way. The way I like to do this in the second segment, starting off, biggest question about their season, and I think this is maybe the most impactful segment I'll do for a player season preview, is the questions about Miles Turner's season, because my gosh, are there a million questions about Miles Turner this season and his psyche and his long-term goals with the Pacers and how good he can really be. Let's talk about all of those questions. Before we do that, though, I want to talk to you guys about betonline.net, your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. You can find all of the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week games, all over at betonline.net. They're also your continued source for all your sports wagering info, live betting, esports, and scores. Lines are up for week three of the NFL. If you're interested in betting on the Colts, I don't know why you would be after their first two weeks, but against the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes home opener this weekend. Chiefs favored by six and a half over at BetOnline. Hey, the Colts were favored against the Jags and the Texans. That didn't work out so well. So maybe the line's just always wrong for the Colts and they'll beat the Chiefs. I don't know how this stuff works. Do not listen to me when it comes to football or betting. But BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. And very soon, very soon, like a 12 days NBA action preseason is back. Head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action over at Bet Online because Bet Online is where the game starts. Thank you, as always, for making Lockdown Pacers your first listen today and every single day. For your second listen, Lockdown NBA is the way to go. CBA changes potentially on the horizon. Shams Tarania, Adrian Wojnarowski reporting on that today. Potential change to the draft age, potential change to how players can earn equity with franchises, lots of stuff coming for the league. Their CBA negotiation period ends in a couple months. Lockdown NBA will have all of that for you. And they're running the Lockdown Top 50 right now. Top 50 players in the league. And I was on yesterday talking about Tyrese Halliburton. Tyrese Halliburton locked on NBA's top one of the top 50 players. Go see where he landed. 
go check it out. Hey, I was on the show. So back to Miles Turner and the questions about his season. How many can I do? <laughs> um, so many. I literally typed it down when I was thinking of questions. I literally typed so many. And I will sum them up because I typed when I was doing my, my rubric or my outline for how I wanted to do the episodes for these player season previews. You know, I broke out the sections and typed what I wanted to call each part. And this part is the biggest question about a player season. And I would say for a little over half the players, I've broken it into a couple of questions. But I try to, before I break it down, sum it up in one big question, right? Biggest question about the, pace, the player season, excuse me. And for Miles Turner, if I had to sum it up, I typed, who the F is Miles Turner, right? And I say that because, look, there's a chance that we know exactly who Miles Turner is. I think a lot of people think that, that this is who he is. The player he's been for the last couple years, the last three years in the league, right? Between 12 and 13 points per game, about a seven rebounds, good shot blocker, good shooter, but not the impact guy they want. That is maybe who he is. But he also could be this guy that at times, especially this past season, even a little bit under Bjorkren, was a game-changing force. He scored 40 points in the second game of last season. People forget what happens when he can be involved and have the confidence behind him. And yes, that is not a nightly thing. That's why there are a lot of people on both sides and why he's the most polarizing Pacer player. But the reason I say who the F is Miles Turner is not because of the side I fall on on thinking how talented he is. I think Miles Turner's super talented. The reason I ask that question is he himself asked for a bigger role. Lots of people think he can do better in a bigger role. The Pacers have gambled that he can be more valuable than the player he is given what some of the rumors suggest about how they value him in trades. So who is Miles Turner? Can he be, if he's playing with Jalen Smith or without Jalen Smith, whoever the hell is on the court in the front court with Miles Turner, if he's the focal point of that front court, which he has not been for years since he was the lone starting big four years ago now, five years ago now, my gosh, time is unbelievable. Anyway, all this to say, who is Miles Turner, right? Can he come out this year? Not even a big improvement. You know, the sophomore Miles Turner, again, this is the most minutes of his career, so there's a little inflated stats here, but, you know, that guy, best field goal percentage of his career, shot it well from deep, best free throw percentage of his career, best rebounding numbers of his career, 14 and a half points, right? Big piece, key piece for that Pacer team with Paul George, right? That guy, can he even reach those numbers? Can he be a 15 points a game score and seven and a half to eight rebounds a game kind of guy? At 32 minutes, I think he can. But showing that and showing that with sort of alpha skills, either leadership skills, adding a one dribble, a couple dribble moves. He's got a couple one dribble moves. Being a more consistent threat from deep, opening up the game with screens, just some oomph in his game. You know, if he can be that guy that he that he has talked about being, and I think he can. He has shown it in spurts before, but has often been caught in the role game. And that's funny because the role game is a thing in basketball. R-O-L-E game where... He has to do different things on a nightly basis, or a different center is more of the focal point for the Pacers. Now it's Miles Turner's turn. Who the F is he? Can he be the guy and and the dude and step up and really show some big improvement this year? I think that a lot of conclusions will be made by people about Miles Turner this season uh, because his potential has been talked about a lot. He's 26 now, right? And Victor Oladipo did get better at age 25, 26, but I think Turner can too, given that his role is finally going to be more optimal than it has been in the past, but he's got to seize those opportunities. Can he prove that he's the guy that has been talked about so often in the past, including me, right? If he comes in this year as the number two option and his usage goes up and he can't quite put a, a bigger stamp on the game, you know, then I was wrong to be as high on him as I was as an offensive player at times. Not that I think he's 
even an all-star level player, but I think he can do more than he's been asked to do in the past. If he can't, yeah, I'll have to put my hand up there. We'll see, and there's a lot to prove, and it's rare that an eighth-year player <laughs> has a lot to prove, but Turner certainly does. Can he prove it? And is he who he has been? I guess that's the opposite way of asking the question. I think detractors of Miles Turner would ask the question that way. You know, is he who he has been? Can he be better? Things like that. He has so much to prove. Number two, is he going to finish the season with the Pacers? Look, he's one of their best players, but he's on an expiring deal. He's 26, right in the prime. He could leave next year in free agency already in trade rumors all summer. We make it through the season. Will he extend his contract? These sort of things will linger all season until a conclusion is made. And that will make this very interesting to see how it gets cut through how Miles Turner's season is defined because that can be distracting at times. I'm sure those questions will come up when the front office speaks ahead of media day and when Turner speaks for the first time on media day or in practices, things like that. It will be fascinating to see where that's all headed. So he has a lot of questions that will be answered this season and, and maybe the most of any player on the team. I think a lot will be determined about him, his value both with the Pacers and around the league and how good he can be in certain situations. Despite obviously being a valuable player, how valuable can he be in the role that it seems like he should be. The other thing I like to do in segment two is look at most important stats to watch for the player. For Turner, there's quite a few. So again, I'm breaking the rule of one most important. I should have rephrased these when I did this, but if I had to narrow it down to one, usage, touches, things like that, right? Is he more involved to the, to the tune that he's wanted to be in the past, right? 17.1% usage for Miles Turner last year. That's the second lowest of his career. Now, granted, he didn't play after the trade deadline when he would have gotten way more touches. And his offensive impact was actually one of the best he's had last year at that touch level. He was doing much better with the touches, right? He clearly showed that that usage should be closer to 2021-22. Will it be? Will the touches, raw numbers go up? I don't have them in front of me, but that's generally another way of looking at if a guy is more involved, right? And his true shooting percentage is a career best last year in general. Can he... Get more usage and retain that high 50s, low 60s true shooting. That would say a lot about his offensive game and how he could fit, not necessarily just with Tyrese Halliburton, but with any team, which has value both to the Pacers if he stays or other teams in trades, right? The usage and how it pertains to his level of play will be a big one to watch. Screen assist will be another one. Sabonis has been the screener for the Pacers for years. Jalen Smith will get some chances to do it, as will some backup bigs. But Turner will get way more chances than in the past. Can he be more effective in that way? Can he open up the game for his teammates? Things like that. For his own skill improvement, less so with the Pacers, unassisted shots will be something I personally look for. I've talked about this with a lot of guys. This is sort of just a suggestion of skill improvement. And Turner showed this last year, right? Like I've talked about, he clearly looked better in the way he was scoring last year, especially when they put an emphasis on him. But if you go based on his percentage of field goals he made that were assisted last year, 68.3, lowest of his career. The years before that, over 70, over 75, really. He's only had two seasons below 75 prior to last year. Can that number stay about the same or go even lower? Obviously, Halliburton, fantastic setup man, can really get guys the ball in the right spot. Maybe it hovers around 70, but if he has an increased role and it's still about that number, that would show improvement and fitting in with a really good setup man kind of stuff. And the defensive number is always worth monitoring with Turner, right? Can he buoy this looks like to be a bad Pacers defensive team? Can he keep it sort of afloat when he's in the game? That would still suggest he's pretty elite on the end of the floor, despite his limitations guarding the strongest, biggest, baddest centers in the league. If he can keep this team and their poor perimeter defenders they currently have uh, afloat, even to like a league average level defense, which he was pretty close to last year, 
I think that would be noteworthy. His on-offs were insane last year. Almost five points per 100 possessions better. Second best of his career. Had a huge impact. Was playing well with Sabonis. But now, big chance to be the guy on both ends. And we've seen him be top five in Defensive Player of the Year voting. One of the most impactful defenders. Can that continue as he is a popular piece and prize around the NBA? One more segment here. We're talking about how important Turner is to the success of the Pacers this season and beyond. And... If he's angling for his spot on the Pacers long-term or a role, things like that. I like to think about that in both lights this year because the Pacers aren't just trying to have this season in front of them anymore. It's a longer-term project for the first time in a while, and it's important to talk about not just this season but beyond under the premise of this season. Let's talk about those topics for Miles Turner. Thank you, as always, for making Locked On Pacers your first listen today and every single day. One of my favorite players in the draft last year, Sharif Cooper, signed with the Cavs today. If you're interested in that, you can go check out Lockdown Cavs, who have been covering the Donovan Mitchell trade for a while, as they should be. Not a ton of other news around the NBA today beyond the CBA stuff I talked about with uh, the first segment of Lockdown NBA. is the way to go for more on that. Hey, Miles Turner's season, still a big deal. want to keep talking about it here on segment three as we continue through these season preview shows, which I've had a fantastic time doing. We're going to do the forwards later this week, probably early next week, Tyrese Halbert, and I'll probably do one more on some of these other Exhibit 10 guys because James Johnson deserves some chatter here. Some of these other guys in the mix might end up on a two-way, so they'll get a little less shine in this format, but we'll still be discussed. Either way, right now, continuing to talk about Miles Turner and his upcoming season. And I like to ask this question for a lot of Pacers players, but I've kind of done it under the word I've been using is rubrics. How important are this player to the success of the Pacers this season? Now, there's two ways to look at this. If the Pacers end up being way better than people think, and they win in the 40s in games and are knocking on the door of the playoffs, how important is this player to the wins and loss level of the Pacers? And then the other rubric is development, right? The Pacers could look back at the end of this year and only win 26 games, but Hal Burton looks amazing and is putting up you know, stats that are rare, and Duarte is shooting 40% from deep, and Matherin fits with their core, all these sort of things. That's also a very successful Pacers season, but they might not win as much in that way. Either way, a lot of guys fit in both groups, and I think under the wins and losses rubric, Turner's probably the second most important Pacer behind Tyrese Halberton this year in terms of how important he is to the success of the Pacers because he is our best defender by a mile, by a mile. If the Pacers have any sort of defensive improvement with perimeter guys that makes Turner's life easier. He can have a more consistent impact possession to possession. He can help guys get better in pick and roll defense with how to angle their body and keep guys in front of them and recover and things like that that are important for their growth, even if Turner's not behind them in the future. And his own defense on the ball, things like that, as he grows, as he fits into a miserable Pacers defense, last in the NBA, the worst defense in the NBA after the All-Star break last year. You know, if they're even passable, which is the Pacer, was the Pacer ethos for a long time. Even under Bjorken, they were about 12th, I think, in, in defense by the end of that season with some gimmicky stuff, right? Their ethos has always been defense. Can Turner help them get back there? I think he's very important to their success for that alone. And on offense, being maybe their second most usage player in the starting five, depending on how they throw touches around, very important. Miles Turner, extremely important to the win-loss success of the Pacers this year. If they're chasing wins, if they're chasing the play-in, Miles Turner's going to have to big year. Under the rubric of development, he's not the second most important player. You know, you've got key second-year guys and rookies that that win there, but probably top five, right? 
Miles Turner still only 26, and this is a chance for him to develop. It's weird to think about that for a guy of his age and experience level, but he's in a new role, or at least a role he hasn't had for almost a half decade. He's on a new team with new players that he's never played with, which is why I wanted to call this that out at the beginning of this, and he's talented. Can he put that all together? Can he seize that opportunity and improve his skills in some way and, and, and stick to skills that he was flashing with pass pacer teams with other guys who needed the ball more and really stick it to the game consistently this year i think under both rubrics improvement development or wins and losses turner's one of the most important players this year and if they end up trading him that means he might have looked better <laughs> or they get they get good value from him mid-season who knows what the exact reason he ends up getting dealt i will the reason would be that he's on an expiring contract and is fetching them a big asset but you know if he's good enough that teams are really, really pursuing him still whenever the trade talks come up again, it likely means he's shown something this year to be better, that he can fit in with these other teams. Now, there is another question to ask, though, because the Pacers aren't just focused on development this year and wins and losses this year. This is very clearly a longer project than anything they've had in a while. Every year in the past, it's been, how important is the guy this year? And that's the big discussion. This year, I think, it's how are they angling for a spot in the Pacers long term? How are they important are they to the Pacers long term success? And I had to really think about this one with Miles because if he wants a spot on the Pacers beyond this year, I think the Pacers would, would give it to him. He's only 26. He clearly is good. Might be, there's a chance he's better than Jalen Smith or Isaiah Jackson or Gogo will ever be right now, right? That's why you have to think about this stuff. And he's extension eligible. If Miles Turner wants to be a Pacer, he's got a shot to be. They're going to. Give him those chances, I think, to prove himself to show that he can be a piece of this team long term. If he plays well and fits with Tyrese and fits with Benedict and Chris Duarte and whoever else looks like one of the popping pieces of the young core, and he wants to be around, the Pacers, I think, would be smart to make that the case. And so, is he angling for a spot in the Pacers long term? Nah. I think the Pacers know what Miles Turner is, even if he doesn't go crazy this year and look way better. And because of that, he's not angling for a spot himself. He kind of has the cards of coming back, being a Pacer, things like that. And I type this down. I don't think this is entirely true because the Pacers have some say in offering him a deal. But in general, I think he's good enough and fits in well enough and is young enough that if Miles Turner wants to be a Pacer, he will be, right? He could sign an extension right now, assuming that his monetary desires were offered. But still, you get what I'm saying. Even in free agency next year, the Pacers will have his bird rights if he's still on the team and can offer more than anyone else. Miles Turner wants to be a Pacer, I think he will be. But for the Pacers, as they think about how they how players are angling for their spot on the future Pacers, there are other centers they have to think about in the mix. Like I said earlier, there's a chance Turner is better than Jalen Smith or Isaiah Jackson or Gogar, whoever will ever be. There's a chance that that's the case. But there's also a chance that's not the case, and one of them is better. And those other centers in the mix sort of cloud making it really easy that if Turner wants to stick around the Pacers could keep him and if he doesn't they trade him right for example if Isaiah Jackson starts the season and looks amazing and he's shooting a little better and he can guard five positions and he's not fouling as much like okay you might want to start that guy pretty soon and then you're not as concerned about Turner's future with you maybe Jalen Smith truly is a 38% three-point shooter and is mobile and can play the five and set good screens same kind of deal right there are a lot of factors with Turner, because there are other centers, because he's an unrestricted free agent next year, because he has something to prove this year, that is he angling for a spot on the Pacers long term? Does he have to prove it? No, he doesn't. But his spot on the Pacers in the future is still cloudy for a million factors. And that's why his season is probably the most fascinating of any player on the team. 
And there's so much at play that will play into what his long-term fit on the Pacers is, how much money he could be offered, how much he could be worth in trades, and his own improvement this year, right? Injuries. Two big injuries, two years in a row. Two years ago, Miles Turner played 47 games this past season, 42. That number will flash in front of executives in trade talks all the time. It has to. It has to, right? Number two, fit. Does he fit well when he's the lone center? Every team will consider that. Or does he fit well even next to a more natural four in Jalen Smith? The Lakers, who have Anthony Davis, for example, would want to know that. Or any team with another big that they might like to play him with. Those questions will matter, and he'll answer them. He'll also, there might there will be trade opportunities, right? Teams have been interested in Miles Turner since forever. <laughs> the prehistoric age, whatever time frame you want to say. How does that matter for the Pacers thinking about ang- him angling, air quotes, because he's not for a spot on the Pacers long-term. How do they consider, you know, okay, if we get off, even if we think he's the right fit, if we get offered the dream offer, do we still take it? You know, and I think those sort of context things can't be answered until Turner plays with this new core uh, and decides, you know, do I want to be a Pacer long-term? And I, him in the front office will have to have those conversations throughout the season. It could depend on how well the team is playing and what his role is. And that's why it's so dynamic. What he's going to be beyond this year with the Pacers or someone else because he'll be the starting center if he's on the Pacers even if he comes back and other centers are good he will start at the five so he's not angling for a spot on the Pacers he's not angling for a role it's just all got to come together for both parties and other teams and it's all fluid and I think that's fine I don't think it's ideal right no player likes to be in limbo obviously the Pacers tried to sign eight in this summer no player likes that but it is a chance for everybody to kind of get kumbaya symbiotic whatever you want to say about being on the same page, being ready to commit to each other, things like that. And I think how he plays, how he fits, how the offers look for the Pacers at certain times this season will sort of dictate the answer to that question in a way that isn't really predictable before games start. Miles Turner's season is going to be fascinating. So much will be answered about who he is as a player and what the decisions the Pacers have made for the last three or four years, trying him in Sabonis for year after year and seeing if that could get them to postseason success. A lot will be answered this year about him, about the Pacers, and I truly cannot wait to see it. Camp coming up very soon. We'll keep previewing this coming season and upcoming stuff for the Pacers here on Lockdown Pacers. Tomorrow, though, one of our last sort of newsy general topics heading into camp. Lockdown NBA's top 50 players came out. Like I said, you can listen to that on Lockdown NBA. I'm a part of it because Tyrese Halliburton named one of the top 50 players by our Lockdown staff. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. Uh, rounded out Eurobasket, Gogo Batadze's good stats in final games. Uh, Daniel Tice's Germany finished with third place. Bronze medal, he played very well. Had a huge game against Giannis in Greece. Talk about that. And then I'll talk for one segment briefly about the moves the Pacers will and can still make this summer now that they have signed players to get their roster 220. So you won't want to miss that. Nick Angstad from Locked On Mavs and Locked On NBA will join us for two of those three segments tomorrow. Talk about some bench forwards I want to on Thursday and Friday. I will not reveal, but it will be cool, I promise. Thank you guys a ton for listening. Have a great rest of your day, and we will see you tomorrow.